This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello everyone and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host Josh and today's game will be pitting the Benchwarmers team of Scott and Mason versus Benchwarmer Eric and guest Dan. Uh, since we know our bench warmers pretty well, pretty well, Dan, why don't you let us know a little bit about yourself? Uh, what's it sound? My name is Dan Snyder. I am the host of the Dan Dan Tony Sports Podcast, which you can hear live every Wednesday night on Spreaker. Um, other than that, like I have a lot of pride for my UAlbany Great Danes, Cowboys fan, Penn State fan. Uh, the only Oakland A's fan you'll ever meet in your life, probably. Dallas Stars, uh, unfortunately, New York Knicks. Like, that right there is the best way to end it. Like, might as well just kill kill me at that point. Oh, you know, I'm a Timberwolves fan. At least you got Cat and uh, and uh, D'Lo. We got. They just don't play any defense. Have you watched a Knicks game? <laughs> <laughs> no, no uh, one has. Then not since the Patrick Ewing era. Yeah. Oh, then you're not missing any defense at all. Welcome, Dan. Uh, Scott and Mason, what is your guys' team name for today? So uh, we wanted to just uh, fuse two things together that uh, are very podcast relatable. We know that Mason's always receiving landline calls for some reason when we record episodes. And obviously, I'm a big proponent of Hulu, if you heard the last episode that I hosted. So we are Hulu and landlines. Nice. Well, welcome, Hulu and Landlines. Uh, how about you guys, Eric and Dan? What's your team name? So Dan and I are both Cowboys fans, unfortunately. Um, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately. It, it's, it's a little bit of both. It depends on the year. Um, most recently, it's very unfortunate. Um, so, I mean, i just thinking back to the last, you know, big team they had, and we're going – our team name today is going to be Remember Barry Switzer. All right. Remember Barry Switzer. Well, welcome to the bench, gentlemen. All right. Let's get this game underway. It's time for the tailgate, consisting of three warm-up questions worth 10 points each. Question one. What athlete has been on the cover of Sports Illustrated the most times? All right, Josh. We're going to check in. All right. Team Remember Barry Switzer is checked in. So Hulu and Landlines, you guys can talk it out. All right, so, yeah, Mason, we're going pretty much back and forth between Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan. Like I said, I know MJ was on a lot in the 90s. And I also think with Tiger, it's like he's really probably the only one from that sport that would even make the cover. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone's putting Phil Mickelson on the cover of Sports Illustrated. No disrespect. Maybe not often, at least. But yeah, yeah. Tiger's so polarizing that he'd be on there a lot. Yeah, I don't feel, like, better one way or the other. If you feel a little bit stronger about Tiger and him and MJ were my first two instincts, then I think we can check in with Tiger Woods. I'm just thinking because all those times when they thought, oh, Tiger's coming back, and then he's yeah. not, and then recently when he won the Masters again. Right. Yeah, I'm good with it. We'll go ahead and uh, check in with Tiger Woods. All right. Uh, Hulu and Landlines is checking in with Tiger Woods. Remember Barry Switzer. What did you guys come up with? So we went back and forth. Not even so much a back and forth. It was We had it done with LeBron, Jeter, 
or Jordan, but I feel like Jordan was just, he was the NBA for so long where LeBron, if he was on it now, Steph Curry, all these other guys would pull covers from him more. So we went with uh, Jordan. All right. Remember Barry Switzer went with Michael Jordan and the correct answer is Michael Jordan. Uh, He has been on the cover 50 times. Muhammad Ali is second with 40 covers. Question number two. What team has been on the cover of Sports Illustrated the most times? We'll go ahead and check in. All right. Hulu and Landlines has checked in. Remember, Barry Switzer, you guys can talk it out. Cowboys, I know, are up there. Uh, Yankees, I'm not sure. Red Sox, I know, are. I know there's a there's a random team that's that's high that you wouldn't expect up there, but I can't for the life of me think of who they are. Um, the, the only reason I'm kind of thinking it might be Red Sox is because they were Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year once. They're the only team at the time to do so. But that might be what's clouding my judgment. But Yankees makes a lot of sense because usually when your team wins, you get a cover and they've won a lot. I mean, the Bulls would, would be up there as well. But as far as to what point they count it as being a, a, a team? Yeah. Like, is it a person that like, so like if it was Aaron Rodgers, would the Green Bay Packers logo be enough to count as the team or like the whole team? Because then it'd probably be the Patriots. See, if, if with that logic, I would jump to... Uh... The Bulls, because of Jordan. Honestly, I I would probably jump to somebody like the Cardinals. Just to let you know, I do believe that this is the entire team. Like the team team. being not not just their logo on an individual's, like, you know, jersey. So with that, I'd probably say Red Sox then. Yeah, I was just going to say that brings me back to Red Sox. All right, we'll, we'll check in with the Red Sox. All right, remember Barry Switzer is checking in with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Hulu and Landlines, what do you guys got? Um, so we were just trying to think of teams that won a lot and are pretty prominent. Um, we both agreed on the Los Angeles Lakers. So you guys checked in with the Los Angeles Lakers. The correct answer is the Los Angeles Lakers. They have been on the cover 67 times. The New York Yankees are second with 65 covers. Question three. What supermodel has been on the cover of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue the most times? This obviously was a rabbit hole that I fell down when I was uh, working on questions. So I just like, oh, let's just make them all about it. All right, Josh, we can check in. All right. Remember, Barry Switzer's checked in. Hulu and Landlines, you guys can talk it out. Uh, we can talk it out because anyone who's listened to previous episodes know that Mason just hit puberty the other episode ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I was hoping that would mean this is in his wheelhouse. Um, I don't know, Mason. I was I was thinking Tyra Banks at first initially, and I still think that she's up there. The only issue I have is that she kind of stopped modeling once she became like the host of America's Next Top Model, and yeah, she got into other things. So then I was thinking, like, I know that Brooklyn Decker had been on a lot of them in like the mid to late two thousands before she married Andy Roddick. I'm just trying to think of somebody that would have either had a long career or been on it for like a long time, like very quickly, multiple yeah. years. Well, that's why I was thinking Tyra Banks, because when she was really starting to come up in like the early to mid 90s, I think that was like when a time when supermodeling was down a little bit. So I feel like she would have gotten multiple covers all, all the time because I can't think of too many like contemporaries of hers besides like Heidi Klum. But I don't really necessarily remember her doing a lot of SI covers. I'm trying to think because if it's going to be the most, it's probably going to be at least like three or four at the minimum, if not more. I, I know Tyra's had at least that many. Well, I'm I'm comfortable checking in with that. All right. We, uh, we'll check in with Tyra Banks. All right. Hulu and Landlines is checking in with Tyra Banks. Uh, remember Barry Switzer. What do you guys got? 
So we first both said Tyra Banks at the same time. Um, but I started to think, and I, there was a, a cover, I want to say maybe early to mid 2000s, where they had a bunch of them on there. And I think somebody said that it was a record like fifth or sixth for L. McPherson. So we uh, checked in with L. McPherson. All right. Remember, Barry Switzer checks in with L. McPherson. And the correct answer is. Elle McPherson. She's been on the cover five times. Christy Brinkley, Cheryl Teagues, Kathy Ireland, Daniela Pestova, Kate Upton, and Tyra Banks have been on the cover three times each. And I think Tyra Banks actually was just on a cover with some others in the last year or two. So she had two early on in her modeling career and then just one recently. Heading into the first quarter, we have a score of Hulu and Landlines with 10, and remember Barry Switzer with 20. Today's first quarter will be pre and post game. For this round, there will be five before and after style questions. For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, the answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 20 points. Question one. In 1986, what pitcher for the White Sox caught two games for himself? We'll check in. All right, Hulu and Landlines has checked in. Remember Barry Switzer. You guys can talk it out. Got nothing on that? No. Nope. I was like five. Only White Sox pitcher I'm coming up with is Jack McDowell, and I don't know how that gets put into somebody else's name. I don't know. Let's just go with uh, Jack McDowell. McDowell's from Coming to America. <laughs> All right, remember Barry Switzer is going with Jack McDowell. McDowell's from Coming to America. All right. <laughs> I, I feel good about that one. Moving on to Hulu and Landlines. Uh, so at first I had no idea what you were even saying and how it was going to be a pre and post game. But then pretty quickly I realized the catcher from the White Sox in the late 80s is Carlton Fisk. So we checked in with Steve Carlton Fisk. Hulu and Landlines checks in with Steve Carlton Fisk. And the answer is... Steve Carlton Fisk. Uh, Steve Carlton pitched 10 games for the White Sox at the end of the season. Um, Ron Karkovice caught five of the games, and Ron Hassey caught the other three. Eric, you're a White Sox fan. I was five. I was three years from being born, and I got it. I was four years from being born. Eric, your problem was you focused on trying to find the pitcher. True. When you should have yep. focused on the catcher. Carlton Fisk came in my head, and I'm just like, uh, it doesn't work with Jack McDowell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think McDowell pitched that early for the White Sox. No? No, I think he was more in the 90s. I know he was early 90s, so I figured he went back to 86. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not going to look it up. So, All right, moving on to question two. What two-time Super Bowl MVP hit four home runs in one game for the Dodgers in 2002? See, the problem was the first time I made these, I made them way too easy. So then I had to crank up the difficulty a bit. You know what, Mason? Let's, let's go for it. We don't have anything better. So we'll go ahead and check in. All right. Hulu and Landlines has checked in. Remember Barry Switzer. You guys can talk it out. There's only like three two-time Super Bowl MVPs. That's it. And none of their names work. Incorrect. <laughs> You know what? That's that's dirty pool, Josh. That's dirty pool. I got it. I got it. I got it. We can check Not in. Not dirty Dan. pool. It's dirty pool. We can check. Not in. dirty pool. 
<laughs> I remember Barry Switzer. You guys are checking in. What do you yeah. got? Um, Dan, you're going to have to trust me on this. I'm pretty sure it's Terry Brad Sean Green. You're checking in with Terry Brad Sean Green. All right. How about you, Hulu and Landlines? Well, I'm glad that I played that last game with Josh when he was talking about Super Bowl MVPs because I remembered the last minute that uh, Terry Bradshaw won too, and we were trying to figure out where does Sean fit in with any Super Bowl MVP, but we went with Terry Bradshaw Green as well. Well, the correct answer is Terry Bradshaw Green. Terry was the number one overall pick in the 1970 NFL draft, and Sean has two bats in the Baseball Hall of Fame. One, the bat he used uh, to hit the four homers, and two, the bat he used to hit a grand slam on May 21st, 2000, one of a record six grand slams hit on that day. Eric, were you not on the last one I did? No, no, I was there. I just couldn't <laughs> I, I couldn't think of a way that that came together. And I'm just like, no, I, I, I like Eric Karros in my head. I'm like, no, nope, that doesn't work with Eli Manning. Yeah, I was and going through like just... Eric Karros, Raul Mondesi. Like, yeah. how, do, so, how do these work? They I didn't. I begun to type out the Dodgers O2 roster in the chat. I'm like, I'm like, all right, Paul LaDuca was on that team. Raul Mondesi, Gary Sheffield, Sean Green. I'm like, you know. I thought it was Paul LaDuca for a minute, but I'm like, that doesn't work with anything. And, and yeah. it's, then I'm like, well, did Hideo Nomo hit four home runs I, in a game? I was, I was like, is it, did Orlandis Gary somehow win two Super Bowl MVPs? And I don't remember. And it's Orlandis Gary Sheffield. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're right. There are only three. Uh, you guys talked about Eli Manning, Terry Bradshaw's the other, and the third is Bart Starr. And then that was uh, Did You Know from a previous recording. Nice throwback. So you guys both got that one correct. Moving on to question three. Who was the first player ever to score three goals in a FIFA Women's World Cup final and has played for and managed the Pittsburgh Pirates? Yeah, Mason, I feel pretty strongly about my answer there. It sounds good to me. All right, Hulu and Landlines has checked in. Remember, Barry Switzer, you guys can talk it out. So I have the first part, but I, I'm not good with, you know, baseball managers. Um, I'm pretty sure. He's sh- also a player, he said. Yeah, I know the first part. It's I'm 95% sure Carly Lloyd's the only one who's ever done that, uh, scored a hat trick in a final. Yeah, I got nothing, so I don't know. Just pick a random last name. Let's go with Smith. Does that work for you or Johnson? Let's go Johnson. Okay, so we're going to check in with Carly Lloyd Johnson. All right. Remember, Barry Switzer (laughs) checks in with Carly Lloyd Johnson. Hulu and Landlines, what's your answer? So outside of our introductory episode where I think I mentioned something about Brandy Chastain and that entire thing, I don't know anything about women's soccer. So I did the opposite approach of Eric. I immediately was like, oh, I remember Lloyd McClendon managing the Pirates in like the early 2000s. And then I was like, Carly Lloyd's a soccer player, right? And once Mason confirmed that for me, uh, we checked in with Carly Lloyd McClendon. All right. Hulu and Landlines checks in with Carly Lloyd McClendon. And the answer is Carly Lloyd McClendon. Carly received the Golden Ball Trophy as the best player of the tournament in the 2015 World Cup, where she had six goals and one assist. McClendon managed the Pirates from 2001 to 2005 and managed the Seattle Mariners from 2014 to 2015 and is currently the bench coach for the Detroit Tigers. After you said his name, I can now picture McClendon throwing a base. Okay, moving on to question four. What point guard selected number two overall in the 1999 NBA draft by the Vancouver Grizzlies was part of a trade that sent A.J. Pruszynski from Minnesota to San Francisco. 
we can we can check in. Josh, we're checked in too. All right, both teams have checked in. Uh, let's start with Hulu and Landlines. What'd you guys come up with? Mason, I hope you trust me on this. I've I've had a good round so far. Um, I know for a fact that Steve Francis was the number two pick in the 99 NBA draft. And then I was like, I couldn't think of it. And now I realize what he did. Uh, we checked in with Steve Francisco Liriano. All right. Hulu and Landlines checks in with Steve Francisco Liriano. Uh, remember Barry Switzer. How about you guys? So I started the same way. I knew it was Steve Francis. And um, I remember that your, your, your ways so then I immediately jumped to uh, Francisco Lariano. So it's Steve Francisco Lariano. And the correct answer is Steve Francisco Lariano. Uh, Steve was traded to the Houston Rockets before his rookie year started. Francisco pitched a no-hitter on May 3rd, 2011 while pitching for the Twins. Moving on to question five. What Hall of Fame guard for the Dallas Cowboys was nicknamed The Answer? We, we can check in. All right. Hulu and Landlines checks in. Uh, we're good to check in, Dan. You good? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Remember, Barry Switzer, what'd you guys come up with? Uh, our answer is Larry Allen Iverson. All right. And Hulu and Landlines? I mean, you gave them a layup with a Cowboys question, but uh, yeah, it's Larry <laughs> Allen Iverson. <laughs> the correct answer is Larry Allen Iverson. Once again, I do write these not knowing whom will be playing in that particular game. Uh, Larry was a seven-time first-team All-Pro for seven straight years from 95 to 2001, and Iverson uh, was Rookie of the Year in 97 and MVP in 2001. Despite being the laziest athlete outside of Jamarcus Russell. Just way more talented. <laughs> he didn't yeah. want to practice. He didn't want to study, he, but he delivered, so... He he was smart too. I think his like contract with Reebok or something like that paid him like thirty five million dollars after he went broke. So I, I think it ended up working out for him. Good. All right. After the first quarter, we have a score: Hulu and Landlines with one ten, and Remember Barry Switzer with eighty. Today's second quarter will be: How low can you go? For this round, there will be four questions consisting of five clues given one at a time. After each clue, each team will decide if they want to lock in their guess. Correct answer is locked in after the first clue. The team will receive 50 points. After the second clue, 40. The third clue, 30, and so on. Question one, what am I? Clue one, I am awarded annually. We'll take the next question. We're going we're gonna to pass, right? Unless you know Dan. <laughs> Speak up, Dan. You so got many possibilities. I think we should uh, get more. All get right, more, let's, uh, let's, clues. Let's, let's take number two. Oh, I love these. Clue number two. I am made of sterling silver. Is this a cricket question again? Dan, I'm good taking another one if you are. Yeah, it narrows it down by like one. It's probably too uh, too soon to, there, to make we have, we have a lead, so there's no reason for yeah, us to take a risk yeah, here. Let's, let's wait it out. I mean, there All is right. the game Crossfire. You know, those little ball bearings are sterling silver. Is that a sport? <laughs> Moving on to clue three. The names of winners are engraved on me. All right, we're going to take the next one. Hulu and Landlines? Well, I think we should wait. All right, we'll take the next clue. Clue number four. I am perhaps the largest trophy in pro sports, standing five foot four inches tall. Uh, we'll take the next clue. Okay, Hulu and Landlines is going to wait for the last clue. Remember Barry Switzer? Yeah, we're going to take the next one. All right, clue number five. I am presented to the winner of the Indianapolis 500. I thought this was a sports podcast. Where I'm from, that is a sport. <laughs> 
Overrun from the AVN Awards are a sport. And typically I'd agree with you, but <laughs> I, I can't just go big four. You sometimes got to mix in some of those other sports. Dan, we can check in. Okay. All right. All right. Remember Barry Switzer has checked in. Hulu and Landlines. Oh, this is frustrating because I, I can see it and I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, everything I know about um, racing, I asked in the last game I hosted. So <laughs> I literally you utilized all of my knowledge in that field. I, I feel like it has two names. I feel like I remember it has like two names put together. Is it named so? Is it named after like a person or is it named after like a company? Because I, I know those are big. I think it's two people. Cannot remember what it's called. Right. So, I mean, it would likely be like probably an older if it's like named, you know, to commemorate someone. Yeah, it's like. Then it would likely be an older indie racer. It's a weird name, and I can, like I say, I can see it. Are we sure it's not the Danica Patrick Ramsey Award? <laughs> I guess I think it's too recent for that. I mean, okay. too old. It's too old of a trophy for that. Yeah, this one's all you. Oh, I, I, oh, got I got nothing. it. I got it. I, it just popped in my head. I had. I, I, did, I was going through the alphabet, and I got to what I was looking for. <laughs> we'll go ahead and uh, check in as well. All right, Hulu and Landlines, what'd you come up with? It's the Borg Warner Trophy. All right, Hulu and Landlines checks in with the Borg Warner Trophy. Remember Barry Switzer. How about you guys? We also checked in with the Borg Warner Trophy. You know, for people complaining about this uh, being a racing uh question the correct answer is the borg warner trophy uh, aside from each winner's name being engraved on it it features the embossed faces of each winner super creepy not not only would i have not gotten that i've never heard of it i mean i've heard it like the name sounds familiar now josh in no way shape or form am i complaining i i, I put a i put a of Freaking Daytona 500 winners in Dean's uh-huh. list last episode. So I hadn't heard of it before. Just <laughs> looking around for some trivia. So yeah. fair enough. Before All I right. watched NASCAR, I thought it was a tennis trophy because of Bjorn Borg. And I, then I, like a few years ago, I found it was an actual trophy for NASCAR. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, for IndyCar. Not yeah, Indy. Oh, IndyCar. Indy, yeah. See? Yep. You be careful with that. You'll get eight mail. Yeah. It's true. Okay. Question two. What am I? Clue number one. I am awarded annually. <laughs> oh, here we go again. Next clue. Yeah, I, next clue. Wait, hold on a minute. <laughs> Could it be the same thing again? Is there, is there like an international like trophy for curling that I don't know about? Probably. The golden broomstick? <laughs> yes. Let's wait. We have to find out what it's made of because I'm sure that's the next question. <laughs> It's made of wood, probably. <laughs> so you guys are going to take clue yeah, two? Yeah, let's take the next one. All right. I am made of sterling silver. If the next one uh, is my the winner's names are engraved, and then I'm just, my internet's cutting out. I already know it. We'll take the next clue. We'll also take the next clue. Ooh, clue number three. The names of winners are engraved <laughs> on me. Am I in Groundhog Day? Is there another trophy for racing named after a tennis player? I actually miss where am I? <laughs> I'm over what am I already? Yeah. Um, I mean, we. I think we need another clue. I think we're ready to find out how tall it is. Yes. Yeah. It's how tall is this trophy, Josh? Clue number four. The winners do not get to keep me. We'll take the next one. Okay, Hulu and landlines. Jason, you want to take the next clue? Let's see what, maybe we'll get what sport it's in, figure it out from there, like last time. <laughs> clue number five. I am presented to the winner of the Ladies Singles Wimbledon Championships. Somebody sing a song that normally gets some good stuff out of my head. 
Let's go and sing Round Ball Rock while we're waiting. Dan, I need him just to hit me with some Hootie and the Blowfish. All I want me with you. That song. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> the dolphins make him cry. <laughs> uh, Dan, I say we just... Is, is that the last clue, Josh? Right? That was the last clue. I don't think I'm getting to it unless you want to... I don't know. Sure, let's go with that. I'll let you go with that. So you guys are checking in? Yeah. All right, so remember Barry Switzer's checked in. Hulu and Landlines, you guys can talk it out. All right, Mason. Schools. Let's uh, let's go off of what you just said there. So it, it shares its name with a current player. It's it's. I know there was like a, a joke about it, like a reference to it. It was coincidental, like that someone's name was the same as the. So somebody that recently won Wimbledon. Uh, someone like the last, like since I've been alive, I'm pretty sure. I oh, feel okay. like I heard this. So like 14 years. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, maybe a little bit older, but <laughs> there's there's some tennis player that like shares part of their name or their whole okay. name or something with the thing because I remember somebody talking about it. All right. So I'm assuming it's not Serena or Venus Williams in the trophy name. So that eliminates about half of the field. Wait. Or maybe there I is. think it's Venus. It's Venus something. Okay. It's Venus. I remember that. Then now that you said it clicks, but I cannot – it's not just called like the Venus plate. There's something – No, of course not. It's Right. But it, it's something more to it, but uh, – The only Venuses I know are Venus de Milo and Venus flytrap, so – and it's probably not either. But. I doubt it's either of them. Oh. I'm your Venus. I'm your fire. Your desire. That's for you, Eric. I now have the answer, but we already checked in. It's a, it's a plate. It's a big old like platter looking right. thing, and they yeah. hold it above their heads. Yep. And it's not it's not the Venus Williams plate, obviously, but it's like right. Venus. Is it is it is it, is, is it a name or is it just a word? I don't remember. I know it's Venus because they made a reference back sure. in the day talking about it. It was like, oh, Venus won the, the Venus blah, blah, blah plate or whatever it was. I'm trying the alphabet game again and see if there's something they get to me. Yeah, make. and then if not, we'll just check in with something. I mean, it doesn't seem like they have it. Well, I mean, it does, but it's after the fact. I mean, I've definitely seen it, but there's a lot of things that, like, I see them, but I don't know the name, like a didgeridoo. I don't I know. I can't think of it. And just go with the, the Venus sterling silver plate because I can't. I don't know. <laughs> Lulu and Landlines is checking in with the <laughs> Venus sterling silver plate. How about would, remember Barry Switzer? Scott, I would like to point out that as soon as you sang, it came to my head. <laughs> I kid you not. As soon as you said it, I got it. And I sent it to Dan. Or uh, Yeah, so to Dan. So uh, he can give you our answer, and then he can also tell you what I said it was after that. All right. So our answer is almost as vague as your sterling silver. It was the <laughs> Venus victory dish. <laughs> hey, the uh, Venus but, victory dish. But the answer that he sent to me after is the venus rosewater dish the correct answer is the venus rosewater dish uh it was first presented to the champion blanche bingley in 1886 what a name so eric did you so you had rosewater but couldn't get venus i had venus blank gotcha. dish okay and well, it is dish, not plate. Yeah. Okay, and so we would have got it wrong anyway if I come up with it. So. And, and when you sang, uh, for some reason, like, I'm just, yes, it's Rosewater. <laughs> Music just does that to you, buddy. It is. I don't... I, seriously, like, the, certain things, I don't know. I, I, might, I might have to go to the, to the doctor. <laughs> so note to all players in this game, if you're not a teammate of Eric's, don't sing. Don't, don't sing. If you are a teammate of Eric's, sing away. Just, just sing to me a little bit. We'll get it. All right. You guys ready for question three? If it's awarded annually, I'm not. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Question three, when am I? 
Clue one. The Super Bowl champions had the first of back-to-back titles this year. Another clue, Mason. It's, it's too yeah, big. Yeah, there's, there's too many of those. We'll wait for the next one. We're going to wait for the next clue, too. All right, clue number two. The World Series champions finished off back-to-back titles this year. Mason, I, I, think, I, I think I know it. Maybe a little bit more than 50%. I mean... Yeah, what you said makes sense. I, just, I mean, it, it fits the criteria, but who knows if there are other years. More than that, one of those. Yeah, that also fit the criteria. Both of those championship games, you know, go back a long time. So, I mean, we, we could take a chance if you feel, if you're more than 50, we could. I just. I mean, it, it fits the criteria, obviously, but again, it's like how many others do, you know? Yeah. That's like, I don't want to just stop on the first one. We're like, oh, that fits criteria. That must be it. Because, you know, without thinking that there's more. Yeah, we'll, we'll take another clue, Josh. We'll take one more. All right. Clue number three. Bernhard Longer won a green jacket. I think we should uh, check in with that then, Mason, if if you feel pretty strongly about that. I'm trying to think if that's the right time period. I mean, out of the two sort of time frames that we're talking about, it seems like it fits that one more, right? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm willing to... Eric's a gambler, so... On behalf of Eric, I, I think that we we just go for it. Okay, let's, let's go for I'll, it. I'll send it over to Josh. All right, so Hulu and Landlines is going to check in their answer. So remember, Barry Switzer, you guys can now talk it out. What are you thinking? It would be 80, I'm, 89? I'm not positive. Because that would be the 49ers, first of two. And then who so, won the World Series in 89-90? Was that like Oakland? I don't the, think they were back-to-back. They didn't win back to Were there any other back-to-back Super Bowls in the 80s? I don't... Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I'm trying to think of all the back-to-back Super Bowls, and I'm, I'm getting them, but the, it's the baseball that's killing me. And then you throw in a green jacket <laughs> clue. And yeah. Just, I think... Just, well, I think we should too. we should go with our first guess from the beginning. You think that that's correct? It has to be because I don't think the other the other years are lining up. And I know Bernard Longer was uh he wasn't in the round in the seventies, so that gets rid of seventy five. So let's okay. go with let's go with ninety three then. Okay, all right. We're gonna we're gonna check in with nineteen ninety three. Right, you guys are gonna check in with nineteen ninety three after the third clue. Uh, Hulu and landlines, you also checked in after clue three. What is your answer? So it sounds like we were on similar wavelengths. Initially, after the second question, I thought 1993 because the Blue Jays finished up back-to-back World Series and we were believing that the Cowboys started yeah. going back-to-back there. Then we, then I pivoted, like sounds like they did, and uh, remembered the big red machine Reds from the mid-70s. And we thought maybe the Reds and the Steelers did it. Um, but ultimately, we checked in with uh, 1993. <laughs> All right, just to give you the other two clues, and maybe it'll solidify that you maybe have the right answers or not. Clue four, Chris Weber called his infamous timeout in the NCAA tournament finals. Yes. Definitely not the 70s. <laughs> and clue five, a three-peat was completed by an NBA by the NBA champions. The answer is 1993. Question four, where am I? Clue one, within my city limits, teams from each of the four major sports leagues play. Yeah, we'll go ahead and wait for the next one. Hulu and Landlines waiting for another clue. All right, we're going to take another one. All right, clue number two. My football team has sold out every non-strike home game since 1970. And you're going to take another? Yeah. All right, let's take another. Hey, remember Barry Switzer is waiting for another clue. Hulu and Landlines. I think we're going to have to wait. 
Yeah, I think we should just follow suit. I mean, we again, we're playing with a lead, so if they're going to take another clue, it doesn't hurt us. Yeah, it's all good. All right, clue number three. My hockey team was the first home team to win a title. I don't know if I understand. So in that city, yeah, the hockey team was the first one to win a title. So they won a title. Oh, oh okay, I got you. Okay, okay. So we're going to check in. <laughs> Send me a chat. Oh, yeah, that, that would work, wouldn't it? All right. Hulu and landlines in a second here. Yep. Now you guys can uh, officially talk it out. You seem to be like leaning towards a stadium, but it could just be the city. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to place and make sure all four of them are within. Gotcha, gotcha. So I'm thinking what we said works because basketball and hockey, I think, play in the same one. I believe they do. We can say it out loud. They've checked in. Yeah, so, so they Detroit. both play in Little Caesars Arena, I'm pretty sure, which is in Detroit. Right, we know the Lions, right, we know the Lions play at Ford Field. Right, and the Tigers play at? America. Yeah, that's in Detroit. Which is in Detroit. But the only thing tri- – the Red Wings – the only thing tripped me up is I can't imagine the Lions sell out every home game. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a hard thing to believe. Like that – everything else – I feel like everything else we've eliminated, all the other cities like Chicago. Philly. The, the, the White Sox or Black Sox, you know, won way back. Philly, yeah, the Philadelphia A's, I believe, won a championship at, way before the Flyers ever would have – so what are they? Would it be one of the, any other the original six that maybe? Most of those were. I mean, what like it's obviously not a Canadian one because right. the big four. So like it's not Toronto. I mean, the Red Wings probably won one way back. Like the that. Well, yeah, that's thirties. I would think forties maybe. Yeah, that the, the football thing is the one that's throwing me off too because I just I can't. I mean, maybe they have devoted fans like that, but I just they've been bad for. <laughs> I mean, other than the ninety-one championship that I now remember when they made the playoffs. Right. Yeah. In. They've been bad. I know that if I lived in Detroit, I wouldn't go to a Lions game. <laughs> That's just me. Like, and I love football. Yeah. I know that if I lived in Detroit, I wouldn't live in Detroit. Fair enough. <laughs> just, um, another, can we go back to, just let you know, there are more clues if you would like more yeah. clues. Just wanted to remind. Can, can we? Can we? Let's talk about Chicago again, real quick, too. Okay. So, How, when did the Blackhawks start? It's got to be after the Black Sox scandal, right, of nineteen nineteen. I would think it's – I think it's like the 20s, 30s at least. Right, so that would eliminate them, the hockey team, from winning the championship right. first. That's really the only other city I feel like that we've named that has a shot at it because obviously we know like the Bulls and the Bears didn't win championships that early. But like the Cubs – and yeah, no, it can't be, that can't be Chicago. So do we want to lock in with De- – or do we want to check in with Detroit or do we want to take the next clue to sort of – give us more indication. I think that's what it comes down to. I don't want to, I don't want to like reactionarily check in just because they did. I feel like this is not the first time in one of these games that the lions are messing with me. That's the Honolulu blue and silver. <laughs> come back again. Uh, whatever you want to do. Uh, if you want, if you feel confident enough to check in, we can, if you want to take another clue just to feel safer, I'm fine with that too. So we'll check in with uh, Detroit. All right. Hulu landlines is checking in with Detroit uh, after the third clue. Remember, Barry Switzer, you also checked in an answer uh, after clue three. What did you guys come up with? So we had it. Let me just thank you for not being so vague in the beginning because, you know, the first clue we had a list and then the second clue we had, we could break it down. We were on Chicago for a while and then that last clue kind of confirmed it. Um, We went with Denver. Remember, Barry Switzer is checking with Denver. The other clues... Clue four is my basketball team was the first number eight seed to beat a number one seed in the NBA playoffs. And clue number five, 
John Elway is very well my best pro athlete of all time. The correct answer is Denver. So there are four other cities that have all of the the four major sports play within their city limits. It's L.A., Chicago, Detroit, and Philadelphia. Heading into halftime, we have the following score. Hulu and Headlines have 150. Remember, Barry Switzer also has 150. We have a tie ball game. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be five entertainment questions that are about or involving sports, each with each question worth 20 points. Question one. Ten years before she portrayed Maggie Fitzgerald in Million Dollar Baby, Hilary Swank starred in what martial arts uh, drama film? Uh, Mr. Miyagi should have stopped his training with Daniel LaRusso. We can check in, Mason. Hulu and Landlines has checked in, and I would appreciate if they'd let me finish questions before checking in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I honestly thought you were done because, like, you gave enough info. I felt like that was enough for the question to be over. We're going to check in, too. All right. Remember, Barry Switzer's also checked in. What did you guys come up with? We checked in with the uh, the next Karate Kid. All right. Remember, Barry Switzer checks in with the next Karate Kid. And Hulu and Landlines? Also checked in with the next Karate Kid. The correct answer is The Next Karate Kid. Uh, The Next Karate Kid was panned. However, many critics praise Swank, and it is still considered to be her breakthrough performance. Question two. In Rocky V, what real-life boxer portrays Tommy Gunn, a talented yet raw boxer who is trained and managed by Rocky Balboa? We can check in. All right, member Barry Switzer's checked in. Hulu and Landlines, you guys can talk it out. All right, Mason, so I've never seen Rocky V. Haven't either. We can try to think about boxers that would have been around during that time. So Rocky five has got to be like towards the late eighties, right? Rocky three is like early eighties. Yeah. I think that's, it's about the right time. So it's probably like late eighties, early nineties for Rocky five. I'm trying to think of, I feel like it probably wasn't a super well-known boxer. Cause why would he, you know, why would he have to do that if he was already, you know, pretty well-known? Maybe it was like an up and coming boxer. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Popular in the mid to late nineties. So that would make me think, I mean, I don't think it's Mike Tyson. Leon Spinks is a, a name of a boxer that was relevant around that time. He had that that big like rivalry with Tyson. I don't think it's like Buster Douglas, Lennox Lewis. Yeah, that name popped in my head, but I don't think it's him either. Lennox Lewis is yeah. I don't I don't think so. He I can't imagine that. I don't see him being like a limelight grabber like that. Um, and then there's I mean, if you want to think like. If they were really younger, you know, like Roy Jones Jr., Oscar De La Hoya, I don't think it's any of those guys from, like, the mid-90s. Leon Spinks seems kind of reasonable, but I don't feel any confidence that if you have another one that you feel better about. No, I, I don't feel good about any of them. So. Okay, I mean, we can just go with Leon Spinks and hope for the best, because I don't. Yeah, yeah All right, let's do we'll it. check in with Leon Spinks. All right, Hulu and Landlines is checking in with Leon Spinks. I remember Barry Switzer. How about you guys? We checked in with uh, Tommy Morrison. Remember, Barry Switzer checks in with Tommy Morrison, and the correct answer is Tommy Morrison. Morrison finished his career with 48 wins, three losses, and one draw, and he held the WBO heavyweight title in 1993. He went on to acting after, I do believe he was suspended after he tested positive for HIV. Which there was, it, it was weird about him too, because after he died, his mother said he died from AIDS, but then his widow at the same time said that he never had AIDS. Question three. While it is no surprise that Dwayne The Rock Johnson stars as head coach Sean Porter of the Kilpatrick Mustangs, 
a football team consisting of teens at the Kilpatrick Detention Center in LA in the movie Gridiron Gang, but what rapper portrays assistant coach and former NFL player Malcolm Moore? Eric, will it help if I rap for you? Please. We'll just go ahead and do Rapper's Delight the whole thing while we're waiting. Careful. That gives him a lot of opportunity to get to the right answer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We'll yeah. check in. All right. So remember, Barry Switzer's checked in. So uh, Hulu and Landlines, you guys can talk it out. The movie came out around 2005. So thinking about rappers that were relevant at the time with a lot of the guys on my list that have also dabbled in acting like T.I. Ellie was in The Longest Yard. Yep. I remember that. You know, he's been in football movies. Ja Rule started acting around 2005. He was in like Assault on Precinct 13 and a couple other movies around that time. He has the look of an assistant football coach. Like I could see him wearing like a polo. <laughs> I don't know why Exhibit jumped into my head though. Like initially, I, like I don't know if he just jumped in my head because he like he was doing like Pimp My Ride around that time. Like he wasn't Eight Mile, so like he was act, but he's a terrible actor and this is a serious movie. So like, I don't know if that's a good fit like casting wise. I mean, you said it, and I, like I said, I thought it was, it seemed plausible. I don't know, something, I don't think something went off in my head, but I was like, yeah, that kind of works in a uh, weird way, but I, I. Maybe we check in with that then? So that's the first thing you came up with. I feel like that's the best, so. All right, well, we'll yeah. go ahead and check in with Exhibit. All right, Hulu and Landlines checks in with Exhibit. Remember Barry Switzer? Yeah, we uh, bounced around a few different names, and ultimately we landed on Exhibit. And the correct answer is Exhibit. Exhibit's birth name is Alvin Joyner. I actually was uh, randomly, I don't know why, my way home from work today, driving in my car, and I drove by this random piece of crap driving down the street, and I'm just like, oh, I'm like, I remember that she'll pimp my ride, like, honestly, yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> like, pimp my ride crossed my mind today. All right, moving on to question four. In the movie Blades of Glory, Will Farrell and John Heater's characters pull off what move to win the Paris figure skating competition at the World Winter Sport Games? We can yeah, check in. Yeah, we're going to check in. All right, remember Barry Switzer's checked in. Hulu and Landlines. You guys can talk it out. I mean, a lot of times with these questions, I don't know if you've noticed with me, like it either pops into my head right away or I've got nothing. And yeah. I'm obviously veering towards I've got nothing on this one. Um, I mean, I've seen the movie, you know, remember parts of the movie. Uh, you know, I can like picture them doing it. I, I don't remember the name. And I know once I hear it, I'll kick myself, you know. Yeah, it's probably going to be something kind of off the wall, I would think. I'll let you know, it is not the annexation of Puerto Rico. See, right. I was thinking, it's like, it's, it's like, how off the wall is it going to be? Is it going to be like I'll that? let you know, it's, that oh, is not the answer. Too early. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can see him swinging him around. I oh, yeah. I, I can, Absolutely. I can picture what's going on. It's a good move. Like, it's provocative. It gets the people going. I don't think I'm going to be able to pull it. I don't know. Let's make up a... A move that sounds like something that would be in Blades of Glory. Well, we'll just call it, we'll, we'll do some other Will Ferrell movies and we'll call it the Burgundy Wine Mixer. All right, so Hulu and Landlines is checking in with the Burgundy Wine Mixer. And remember Barry Switzer, what'd you guys come up with? So unfortunately, I was caught up on the uh, this super lame figure skating movie that, that my wife likes. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever seen it, but don't ever watch uh, The Cutting Edge. It's so oh, man. so bad. Oh, good made, 80s they, movie. They, Come on. They made they made a sequel. I know there's more than yeah. one. Oh, Eric, my, I don't know if you've seen them all, but no. My wife made me watch the first one, and I I, I threatened to shut the internet off if, if we ever <laughs> ever even thought of watching that again. But anyway, I had the name. There was a name in that movie that I had in my head for a while, and then I remember that was from that movie, and quickly 
took a left turn. Um, so I did quickly come to uh, the Iron Lotus. Remember, Barry Switzer checks in with the Iron Lotus, and the correct answer is the Iron Lotus. Uh, as Dan was kind of alluding to in the movie's lore, the Iron Lotus is an extremely complicated and dangerous maneuver. The only attempt of the maneuver was in North Korea and resulted in the man decapitating the woman with his skateboard. Cutting Edge needed that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was called the Cutting Edge. All right, moving on to question five. Which Friends actor stars in Ed, a movie about a trained chimpanzee who plays third base for a minor league baseball team? We could check in. All right, yeah. remember Barry Switzer's checked in. Mason, I think it's Matt LeBlanc. That That's what popped in my head first, because he seems like the kind of guy <laughs> that would do that. Of I mean, all, the, all the Friends actors. To be fair, like, I'm sure Matthew Perry would have as well, but he was so, like, hopped up on things during the 90s. He yeah. wasn't doing anything outside yeah, of Friends. Yeah, I think, I think I've seen, like, a trailer of the movie. And I I remember, I was going to say Joey Triviani, but Matt LeBlanc, yeah. I mean, same person, basically. But, yeah, yeah, we can check yeah. in with that then. Yeah, we'll check in with Matt LeBlanc. So Hulu and Landline's checking in with Matt LeBlanc. And remember Barry Switzer. We checked Matt in LeBlanc. also with Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> And the correct answer is Matt LeBlanc. Um, as you notice, there might have been a little bit of a flow going through these questions with the next Karate Kid, Rocky Five, The Gridiron Gang, Blades of Glory, and Ed. These are all movies that were in Bleacher Report's 50 Worst Sports Movies. And in fact, they were five of their top 20. It's understandable. It was a cutting edge on there? No, it was not. <laughs> then, but then you need to go to ranker.com to find the real list. Actually, I can yeah. it, it might be on there. I was only looking at the top ones. So. It's down a missing link here. The Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast would like to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a new Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. And if you'd be willing to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, we greatly appreciate the support so that other people can find us. Thanks. All right, entering the third quarter, we have the following scores. Uh, Hulu and Landlines currently has 210. And remember, Barry Switzer has pulled out to a little bit of a lead with 250. Today's third quarter will be Let It Ride or Throw in the Towel. For this round, there will be five questions in a given category that increase in difficulty. After each question, teams can decide to let it ride and attempt the next question or throw in the towel and take the points they have accrued to that point. One correct answer is worth 20 points, two is worth 40, three is worth 80, four is worth 160, and all five correct answers is worth 320 points. If a team answers incorrectly, they will lose half of their points accrued in the round. So today's category is designated hitters. Question one, who is the outstanding designated hitter award named after? Josh, Dan's not going to like you after this game. <laughs> <laughs> a, little, a little too much baseball? Yeah, it's not his strong suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had plenty of uh, non-baseball. We had an Indy 500 trophy. And... <laughs> Pretty sure your whole before and after round had a baseball player. <laughs> baseball, 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 baseball. Nope. No, the, the last one, one did Mary Allen Iverson did <laughs> And that's the one I got. Yeah, he got he was all over that one. 
Is anyone ready to check in? We can check in. <laughs> All right. Remember Barry Switzer's checked in. Hulu and landlines. Mason, baseball is my strong suit. I but I have to be completely honest. I didn't even realize that there was a that the DH award had a name. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a recent thing. Maybe it didn't have a name, and then I mean, it would have to be because the DH isn't hasn't been around too long. So. Right. I think both of our first instincts were Edgar Martinez. They didn't check in right away. Makes me think that it's not the other thought that we had. I, I just think it's more likely because I, that's the first name I think of. I'm thinking of like, who would you name a DH award after? Edgar Martinez is the first one I'm thinking of. Right. You're assuming it was somebody that I knew. Is that what yeah, that yeah, maybe someone that, you know, was on teams that actually was on both of the teams that you root for. Jack McDowell, actually. <laughs> Mason, let's uh, so we'll check in with uh, Edgar Martinez. Yeah, let's do it. Let's check in on that. All right, Hulu and Landlines is checking in with Edgar Martinez, and remember Barry Switzer. So uh, I checked in with, or we checked in with Edgar Martinez. Oh, sorry, Dan. Um, oh no, it's all you. <laughs> Did your back hurt because you're carrying us? No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> once we get out of these baseball questions, I feel like you'll be okay. Um, is there such thing as out of the baseball questions? <laughs> um, yeah, so we checked in with Edgar Martinez. I thought it was John Olrude for a minute, but I don't know why that name came to my head. But yeah. He played more first base. Yeah. All right. Remember, Barry Switzer also checks in with Edgar Martinez, and the correct answer is Edgar Martinez. It was named after him after his retirement in 2004. So now the question is, do you want to let it ride or throw in the towel? We're going to let oh. it ride, Josh. All right. Hulu and Landlines is going to let it ride. Well, we have to. We'll let it ride. Remember, Barry Switzer will also let it ride. Question two. Who holds the record for career hits, home runs, and RBIs as a designated hitter? We'll go ahead and check in. All right. Hulu and Landlines is checked in. Remember, Barry Switzer, you guys can talk it out. So my first thought was David Ortiz, but then no sooner than I thought of that, I came up with Jim Tomey. Of the two, who would you go with? I think your partner threw in the towel. I see that. Dan, are you alive? Yes, I'm I am alive. Okay. Of the two names I gave you, which one would you go with? I'd go with the the most recent one. You know, I think Jim Tomey's a better answer. Go with Josh, it. All right, we're going to check in with Jim Tomey. All right. Remember Barry Switzer is checking in with Jim Tomey. Hulu and Landlines, who did you guys come up with? We did not check in with Jim Tomey. Uh because I know he played some first base early on in his career with the Indians. He also played first when he uh, was on the Phillies. Obviously, he had to at that point. So I think that some of his numbers wouldn't count towards this, whereas David Ortiz almost always played DH. Um, and I think the RBI kind of helped. So we checked in with David Ortiz. And the correct answer is Big Poppy himself, David Ortiz. He has won the Edgar Martinez Outstanding Designated Hitter Award a record eight times. I successfully talked myself out of that one. Nice. So, uh, remember, Barry Switzer <sighs> is out for the rest of this reporter. Hulu and Landlines, would you like to let it ride or throw in the towel? Do we try to pad the lead? Well, I mean, technically we're behind right now, right? Because they would get 20. And we have 40 now, so we'd still be down 20. So I, I think we should let it ride. Yeah, we let it ride. And if anything, we still gain on them in this round if we lose. We're going to let it ride. All right. Hulu and Landlines is letting it ride. Question three. Within two years, what year was the designated hitter introduced? Well, I wish we threw in the towel. Maybe we can reason this out here. I, I think it's in the late 70s. I was thinking early 70s. So mid-70s. <laughs> split, we'll split the difference, like 75. <laughs> 
we covered. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, like initially I was thinking 76. For some reason that popped into my head. I remember watching this thing on ESPN about when they tried to get rid of it and they had a big issue with the meeting. And I'm trying to think when that was because it would have been much earlier than that. I think that was like the 80s or 90s that they had this meeting and they were supposed to have the votes to have the DH in both leagues and it didn't work out for some right. error. 76 jumped into my head. I, I don't know why. But then again, I didn't really know why Exhibit jumped in my head either and that worked out. Yeah, seventy four, seventy five covers at least. If we if we get seventy four, we go all the way back to seventy two. So we have between seventy two and seventy six, which I feel like is a good pocket. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like I'm thinking of DHs from like Reggie Jackson was one of the more prolific early DHs, and and he played in the in the seventies. Like I feel like right. he started DHing because he was allowed to towards yeah. that time. I I I would probably go at seventy four. I think that covers good what ground for us. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, let's go 1974, and I think that's going to cover what kind of where we were thinking. So we'll we'll check in with 1974. All right. So Hulu and Landlines is checking in with 1974, and the correct answer is 1973. So you guys are within the two years. So once again, do you guys want to let it ride or throw in the towel? Uh, There's a part of me that wants to let it ride. I mean, it gives us, you know, half the, the league. You know, I feel... So if we get it wrong, we're down 20. So it's, it's, either, it's either we're up 20, we're down 20, or we're up 100. I think we should let it ride. Okay. I think, yeah. Let's, let's go one more. All right. Hulu and Landlines is letting it ride. Question four. What New York Yankee became the first designated hitter in Major League Baseball history on April 6th, 1973? 73. So it's those, like, Greg Nettle... Thurman Munson type teams. So that that's like seventies Yankees, um, okay. which I don't know much about outside of, <laughs> yeah. outside of that. Um, I, Greg Nettles was a third baseman. I don't think he would have DH'd. It could be Reggie Jackson. 73. Is it, was he that early though? What have you been DHing that? I mean, well, I mean, obviously started in 73, but what even right away, like the first one to, I, I mean, he was a terrible fielder. So I, I feel like if they had the opportunity to do that, they probably should have, but I don't even know if he was on the Yankees at 73. I think he was. He might have been. I don't. I don't know. Like I don't think he was on the Angels or the A's yet. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a name. I'm trying to think of the name, and I can't. He had a bunch of home runs. That's not my area of expertise. The '70s Yankees. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything here. If you want to go with Howard and hope for the best, because I. Yep. I don't. I don't have another name. So let's just yeah, let's do it. We're gonna check in with Howard. All right, Hulu and Landlines is checking in with Howard. The correct answer is Ron Bloomberg. In his first plate appearance, he was walked. Uh, just to let you know, Reggie Jackson started his career um, with the Kansas City slash Oakland Athletics, and he didn't join the New York Yankees until 1977. Glad we didn't guess that then. So that will end the quarter. Anybody interested in hearing what the fifth question yes. was yeah, going I can, to be? I'll, I can I'll, only I'll imagine. Die. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd like to hear I'm, it. I'm sure Dan really wants to know what... Uh, <laughs> What my fifth hardest question was. All right. So the fifth one, which uh, cannot be gone for, but just for fun. In 1986, what New York Met became the first player in a World Series to be a designated hitter with the initials DH? It was Danny Heap. Heap, Um, yep. However. Todd Todd Heap's brother. Eric likes Todd Heap. He's a tight end. (laughs) So he played, he was DH in games three and four. He went a combined one for seven during those two games. After the third quarter, we have the following scores. Uh, Hulu and Landlines currently has 250. 
Uh, they are trailing, remember, Barry Switzer, but only by 10 because they have 260. All right, that brings us to the fourth quarter, our final quarter known as Put Your Fours Up. This round consists of five categorized questions that the teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. The categories for today are as follows. Question one, NBA nicknames. Question two, FIFA World Cup records. Question three, Major League Baseball hitting streaks. Question four, Hail Mary plays. Question five, Stanley Cup appearances. So it's now time for the teams to place their wagers. All right, now that the wagers are in, let's get into the questions. Question one in NBA nicknames. What sixth man for the back-to-back champion Detroit Pistons was nicknamed the Microwave? We'll go ahead and check in. All right, Hulu and Landlines is checked in. Remember, Barry Switzer, you guys can talk it out. I, I don't know his first name, but I'm pretty sure I got his last name. But I say we check in with Johnson. Okay, yeah, sure. All right, remember, we Barry's- wagered 80 points. Remember, Barry Switzer checks in with Johnson for 80 points and Hulu and Landlines. I don't know why I know this, but this popped in my head immediately. It's uh, Vinny Johnson. Hulu and Landlines checks in with Vinny Johnson for how many points? 75. And the correct answer is Vinny Johnson. Uh, And yes, he was given the nickname by Danny Ainge because he could get hot in a hurry when he entered the game. Moving on to question two in FIFA World Cup records, who is the top goal scorer at World Cup tournaments? Yeah, we can can check in, Dan, because, you know, we both have zero. All right, so remember Barry Switzer's checked in. Hulu and (laughs) headlines, Hulu and landlines. Close enough. Um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and check in because we don't really have a great guess. So. All right. So Hulu and Landlines, uh, what would you come up with and how much did you wager? Um, so we wagered a solid zero points on this. <laughs> and uh, we went with Pele. <laughs> All right. Hulu and Landlines is checking in uh, with Pele for zero points. And remember Barry Switzer? So uh, we um we wagered zero points, and our answer was the uh, the goat from the movie The Big Green. Well, the correct answer, uh, which you guys don't need to worry about, you don't lose any points, uh, is Miroslav Klose. Uh, he scored he has scored sixteen goals across four World Cups for Germany. Uh, Ronaldo, not to be confused with Cristiano Ronaldo, is second with fifteen. All right, question three in Major League. Baseball hitting streaks. Everyone knows that Joe DiMaggio holds the record with a 56-game hitting streak, but who is the last player to have a hitting streak of at least 40 games? It happened in 1978. And we can check in. All right. Remember, Barry Switzer's checked in. Hulu and Landlines, you guys can talk it out. Okay, I had an idea that jumped right off the bat. I don't even know if he had one that long, but I had Pete Rose jumped in my head like right away and 78 would be he definitely had a long one i remember him having a plus 40 history yeah. guy i was thrown by the year i, I thought jimmy rollins did I but i guess i guess rollins, it didn't reach 40 i think rollins was like 37 like i remember he was because his span like two seasons i remember the season ended and then oh he went into the next season um yeah let's go with pete rose because he definitely had a long a long history yeah, we'll check in with Pete Rose. All right, so Hulu and Landlines is checking with Pete Rose for how many points? 75 again. All right, and remember Barry Switzer? So we we uh, wagered a huge zero points on this. Um, Dan's baseball knowledge, we were fairly <laughs> confident going into this. Um, and our answer is going to be Jack Parkman. And remember Barry Switzer is going with Jack Parkman. 
Well, the correct answer is Pete Rose. He had a 44-game hit streak, one behind Wee Willie Keeler, who is in second behind Joe DiMaggio. Other recent streaks would be Paul Molitor's 39-game streak in 1987, Jimmy Rollins' 38-game streak in 2005-06, and a 35-game streaks by Louis Castillo in 2002 and Chase Utley in 2006. All right, moving on to question four in Hail Mary plays. Who is the only quarterback to complete a Hail Mary pass in college and in the NFL? His college Hail Mary came at the end of the game, and his NFL Hail Mary came at the end of the first half. Okay, we're going to check in. All right, remember Barry Switzer has checked in. Hulu and Landlines, you guys can talk it out. How confident are you on that? I can see it. Like, I remember watching that game, and I... I think it was him at quarterback. Like I, he, he played quarterback there. So I mean, I think that was when he when he was there. But I don't. I it could be somebody else. I'm just, but I I feel like that's the one that we've come closest to. Like we can't think of one for Cordell Stewart in the NFL. Doug you know, Flutie we can't come up with for NFL. Right. Like I mean, I definitely think it could be Flutie. But I remember Wilson throwing his. The I'm Mary. Pretty sure it was at the end of the first half. Wait. No, no, no. Wilson's was at the end of the game. No, no. I'm, his NFL one, I mean. Yeah, that. You know, yeah. it was at. The, it was the last play of the game, right? Oh well, the clue Josh said was that he this quarterback would have thrown it at the end of the. He threw it at the end of the. The first other half. Wilson, the one thing for Wilson was at the end of the game too. But I thought, I don't. Maybe it was at that. No. Oh, I'm trying to remember when that one was because I'm pretty sure. Well, maybe, if the if the. One we're thinking of the Seahawks one, which I believe was to Golden Tate. That was the end of the game. If that, that was the end of the game, that that would take it out of the running because yeah, he definitely because, said the end of the first half. Yeah. Like I said, the, the Wisconsin-Michigan State one that I'm thinking of was at the end of the game. I'm pretty sure it was the last play of the game, like the other one. So maybe it wasn't Russell Wilson. It might have been another Wisconsin quarterback. But – uh, or maybe it was, and and we're wrong about about the Seahawks one. I'm, well, I remember that was the last one of the game because I remember when they ruled touchdown and Pete Carroll was celebrating, and that was because it was it was yeah, it was it was a hail mary at the end of the game. I'm pretty sure because the score was like twelve to seven or something. It was some weird score because of. All right, so that brings us back to some of the other people we talked about. So Doug Flutie, who we know has one in college, obviously. I don't ever recall one from the NFL, but like I said, with some of the receivers he played with, like Andre Reed, Eric Moulds in Buffalo, and then on San Diego, he had like Vincent Jackson, Keenan McCardell. I feel like those guys, especially like Vincent Jackson with a jump ball guy. Aaron Rodgers, we know, has a few in the NFL, but I don't, I don't recall any from him at Cal. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I think it, I think Michigan State was the one that threw the Hail Mary. I, I think it might have been Connor Cook or someone at the time. I think Russell Wilson was it, in the game. It, it could have – then that was probably Kirk Cousins then because – Yeah, well, Kirk Cousins, yeah, one of those. I'm thinking that's probably why I had that in my head. He was playing in the game, but he wasn't the one that threw it. So I don't think it's Russell Wilson then. I mean, we can go with Flutie. I just – I cannot pull a Hail Mary when he was in the NFL. I just – No, I, I, I can't either. But I don't think it's Cordell Stewart. I, I can't think of one that he did either. The, the only thing that came to my mind, and it wasn't – it was – I don't even think this count – it wouldn't count as a Hail Mary. But there was this – the Steelers were playing the Falcons, and it was an overtime, and they threw a Hail Mary pass and it was tackled at the one-yard line. I remember seeing that. I think Stewart might have been the quarterback at the time. But that wouldn't count, obviously, and that's the only thing I can imagine. 
I was I was kind of between Flutie and Russell Wilson, and if if you feel strongly that Russell didn't throw that one, I'd, then I'm I'm back and forth in my head because I see the game. It was Michigan State Wisconsin. It was a big game. I think it, they had a big review over it because he was close to the goal line when he caught it. Right. So here's so here's what I'm thinking. Flutie, we know for a fact has one in college. Right. But neither one of us have any sort of recollection of one in the NFL. Russell Wilson, we know for sure has one in the NFL. And we have a little bit of a recollection that he ha- might have had one in college. Yeah, but, but I feel like there's more evidence for him than there is for Flutie. Flutie's more of a whim. I don't know. Maybe Flutie's obvious just because when you think college Hail Marys, like the first one you think of, because he was the one that, that is, that's the first thing that came to my head. Exactly. I I would I I'd rather go Russell Wilson. I he's got the big arm. Yeah. Just because of what you're saying, Flutie being obvious, you're kind of right. Like that that is that does seem like it's the obvious answer. I guess we'll check in with uh, Russell Wilson. All right. Hulu and Landlines is checking in with Russell Wilson for how many points? 75. All right. And remember Barry Switzer. Yeah, go ahead. with that. Yeah, so we're actually uh, going to go with the other quarterback in that Wisconsin-Michigan State game, Kirk Cousins, for 80. And the correct answer is the other quarterback in that game, who you did mention. It is Kirk Cousins. I he completed you guys... that hail mary pass to be crazy to that tight end who fell and, in the, who fell back in the end zone. Yeah, he, I think he like twisted into the end zone. Like he, they had him yeah. kind of sort of stopped, and he like spun his body around, and the ball crossed the line. Yeah, they were checking um, to see if his butt hit out of bounds before yeah. the ball crossed. Yeah, and uh, and he completed a hail mary pass to Kyle Rudolph against the Lions in 2018. There are a lot of first-half NFL Hail Marys that have been successful. So I wanted to give that as a clue to not be focusing on NFL end-of-game ones because um, I thought Brett Favre might have been one you guys would have thought of because when he was with the Vikings, he had that not-quite-Hail-Mary pass. The Greg Lewis one. The Greg Lewis, but there was two seconds left on the clock, so right. it technically wasn't a true Hail Mary. And Favre did have a college one. I think it's the longest Hail Mary in college football like 76 yards every pass yards. he threw was like 40 yards at southern miss <laughs> so the, every pass he threw was a helmet <laughs> i thought hulu and landlines were gonna like talk themselves into I, it when they when mason's like i'm pretty sure when you were like i'm pretty sure it was michigan state who won and and then when he said Tom with... Cook, I was like, yes, yes, I th- pick I the wrong Michigan State quarterback. I thought he had it. I'm like, he he, he flipped over to the right team. I'm like, yeah. you got it. And then I was like, I don't Yeah, I don't remember his NFL one. That's why. Because you know yeah, why? I was against that the didn't cross my mind. Once again, the Detroit Lions <laughs> are just screwing with me, man. All right. So moving on to the last question in this quarter, question five. In Stanley Cup appearances, in 2019, the St. Louis Blues won their first Stanley Cup. How many times before 2019 had the Blues made the Stanley Cup finals and lost? We'll go ahead and check in. All right, Hulu and Landlines has checked in. So remember, Barry Switzer, you guys can talk it out. So I know when they first came into the league, like they went to, I want to say maybe back-to-back Stanley Cup because it was a weird, it was a weird format back then. And I forget exactly how, but like it was kind of skewed as far as making the Stanley Cup. And it was, I want to say maybe they went twice. I mean, can you think of them making it any time in the like 70s? I'm pretty sure when they first came to the league, I think it was like 68. They went to, to two in a row and lost. But I can't think of them making it any other time in between there. But then again, from like, I mean, 70s are nothing to me. And I didn't really get into hockey until probably late 80s unless you can think of one i i i'm guessing two yeah we'll go with it all right let's check in 
uh, with two, and we wagered 100 points. All right. So remember, Barry Switzer's checking in with two for 100 points and Hulu and landlines. So I briefly remembered the same kind of thing that they made it early on. And I figured it probably had to be more than two. If this, you're going to ask this question it had to be at least multiple times, like a bills kind of thing where they not to rub it in or anything, but so we just went with three and we bet 25 on this. All right. So Hulu and landlines for 25 points went with Three, this is going to be the deciding question in the game. One of you is correct. The answer is three. In 1968, 1969, and 70, their first three years in the NHL. So, what a whoa. terrible franchise. <laughs> Great pull, Mason. I was just so they, a guess. I was like, <laughs> it had to be more than two. Let's go three or four. I went so, three. So the game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. Remember, Barry Switzer finishes with a score of 320 points. And our clipboard captains of the game, who are receiving the coveted A.J. McCarron Award with 350 points, is Hulu and Landlines. I love A.J. McCarron. Wow, so is there anything you guys would like to say before we call it a night? Yeah, Eric has not just lost to Dan now. I have a win over Eric. I'm undefeated in Bombat games. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Carlton, Steve Carlton Fisk, for winning us this game. Uh, that's all I got. Well, it was quite a finish, I'd say. I, I had little confidence in three either. I was just like, that's a number. It's- I, yeah, <laughs> like, like you said, two just seemed like it's too few to really be remarkable, like to, to really even be noteworthy. I mean, but two in their very first – Season, you know what I mean? Proof. Would be, yeah, true. That's that. I don't know. I didn't know. But, it, I, mean, I, I knew it was a couple. I didn't know it was three. It's even worse now that it's three in their first what three years of existence. And but it was it was a messed up format back then where right. it was they were an expansion team and kind of just like thrown into it more or less because they right. weren't. Vegas even, almost did it. They weren't even, but they yeah. weren't even that good of a team. I know, like their first season, they didn't have a winning record and they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. I thought we were toast after that hail mary question. After we got that wrong, I was like, yeah. I, I was I talking in the chat, and I was like, you know, they only had 100 points left to wager. Maybe they bet it all on the last question. Yeah, That's what I do with hockey questions. Is yeah, so you first, just know if there's a hockey question, I'm throwing 100 points out there. So, yeah, when, that, <laughs> when the previous question went the other way, I looked at the points and went, it still can happen. <laughs> so, uh, Dan, anything oh, uh, you'd like to say or plug? Well, first of all, thank you, uh, Eric, for carrying me the entire game. Not far enough, buddy. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm 400 pounds. He carried me just fine. Uh, no, this is a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. If I ever get the chance to do this again in the future, maybe I'll know more. You're always welcome back. Thanks Dan. for coming on and uh, helping us out. Yeah, maybe maybe plug your podcast. That sounds like a smart thing to do, buddy. Uh, I did it at the beginning, but I'll do it again, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dan D'Antoni Sports, Wednesday nights. 7.30-ish p.m. live on Spreaker. If you follow us on Facebook, we always post or when our episode is going to be live, excuse me, and you can comment with us, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, we just wrapped up Draftermath, which was the aftermath of the NFL draft, where we went through each um, of the east, south, west, and north for both NFC and AFC in each uh, episode. And um, it was a lot of fun because I got to talk crap about the Packers who just absolutely sucked the draft and then got to uh, get to talk with my friends and it's a lot of fun to listen to. Check us out. This is a terrible plug and I apologize. No, what, what, say that. Say it one more time for us too. 
Dan Dan Tony Sports. D A N D A N T O N Y. It's kind of a playoff of uh, the Marshall basketball coach Dan Dan Tony. <laughs> awesome. Well, well, thanks again for uh, joining us today. Um, and thank you all for listening to the Benchwarmer Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP.